needed a certain tool that just didn't exist in finance and HR. So looking at how you compensate people, how you attract and retain talent, and the things that were being pitched to me just didn't work and were not tax compliant and basically made my life miserable. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go build myself a tool. But we're seeing a lot more of the lifestyle benefits because that's where you'll capture the pet insurance, the you know, the child care, the yeah. student loan forgiveness, all that stuff kind of lives in in that area. And the, and the world has evolved so much since uh, in the last 20 years, let alone the last couple of years. And so it feels like, and I know you're going to be a little bit uh, biased to this question, but that <laughs> lifetime or lifestyle benefits need to be a part of, it's a mandatory part of the package. Welcome to Future Driven. I'm Adam Lejenkop, and on this podcast, we talk about challenges and wins in business. See the vision, drive the future. All right, welcome to Future Driven episode 51. I am excited to have Amy Sperling, CEO and founder of Compt. Amy, so much for jumping on. Thanks for thanks for coming here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We connected uh, via LinkedIn and I was really intrigued uh, having a team myself uh, about Compt and wanted to hear a little bit about your background and how this all came about. But uh, before we dig into Compt a little bit, tell us a little bit about your professional background. Sure. So I am the uh, unintentional founder, I would say. I didn't start out my career. I'm not the serial entrepreneurial type who wanted to like build a bunch of companies. That's not me. I've been a CFO and a COO a bunch of times. You know, I love building and scaling companies, but hadn't really planned on starting a company myself. Where this came about was a couple of things. One, I needed a certain tool that just didn't exist in finance and HR. So looking at how you compensate people, how you attract and retain talent. And the things that were being pitched to me just didn't work and were not tax compliant and basically made my life miserable. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go build myself a tool. Uh, And I also turned 40 and was like, all right, like literally what am I waiting for? I've got a lot of work experience. I know how to build a company. I know how to raise money. Let's just go do the thing and build myself a very, you know, selfish tool to make my life easier. Hey, well, that that kind of works out nicely. So, what yeah. uh, what's your background that you were that you found yourself in this position at needing this tool? Give us a little bit about so, that. Yeah, so I was managing. So either a CFO or COO was managing both finance and HR. So yeah. you're sitting between like the budget and tax side of things, and then the people ops side of life, where you're looking at both and going, "All right, got to attract and retain talent." The tools that I have, the offerings that I have are not working. You know, a lot of times, you know, as we shifted compensation strategies, you know, salary negotiations aren't what they used to be because candidates walk in the door, you got to pay them in a range, you've got salary transparency laws. So you got to find another way to compete. You know, health insurance is kind of table stakes at this point, depending on your industry. So companies got into all these employee perks and there's was an app for everything. And it's all, everybody wants to sell through HR and it's an absolute nightmare for HR for people to be doing that because everything says, hey, we'll help you attract and retain. But reality is that no matter how great these perks are, things like student loan forgiveness or childcare, they maybe 3% of your team will use it. So it's really, really low utilization. And I'm looking at it going, all right, all my people need things. I need this to compete for talent, but nobody's using the things that I bring in and I'm spending a lot of money. None of this makes sense. How do we make everybody happy? And, you know, on a compliance and budget side, make things just make a lot more sense and be a lot more efficient. So decided to go and build it. Oh, that's super cool. So you, you have a unique background in that you got some CFO experience, HR and operations as well. 
So yeah, exactly. you kind of have a, a good range and you can understand, which is what I noticed that comps uh, was clearly stated uh, tax compliant. And, yeah. and sounds like that's a really important tool or I guess aspects of the tool that people might overlook. Is that fair well, to say? it depends. Uh, I don't know if it's overlooked. It's overlooked on the build side. A lot of the folks that build tools for HR come from a place of, or at least this is what I found when I was buying tools, is they were coming from a place of, I don't like what's out there as an employee. So my life is miserable. I would rather have something else. Hey, here's a tool that I would love if HR would offer it to me. But they don't understand the intricacies of law and tax compliance that goes into why HR and finance make the decisions they make. HR and finance aren't sitting there going, oh, I'd love a really antiquated 1995 tool. But if nothing's built to actually solve for those legal and tax issues, they can't even bring the thing in the door. And so I realized all these tools being pitched to me were being pitched from a place of, Ugh, we don't like HR. Here's something that we love. And I'm like, I can't bring it in. So I was like, if we operate from a, get the baseline to a happy place for HR and finance, they need the compliance piece. But then on top of that, make your employees happy. It's a, it's a big win for everyone. So when did you officially uh, launch uh, Compt? January of 2018. So about five and a half years ago. Okay. So in the last five years, how, uh, how have you, I guess maybe a better question is, who is your target audience, uh, company size, uh, industry, et cetera? Kind of where, where's your niche in that, in that space? It, honestly, it's been across industries and across sizes, which is not targeting, but that's who's coming in the door um, and, and wanting to purchase the software because it really relates to who has trouble hiring or who has trouble reta retaining people. If you aren't, if you don't have either of those issues, move along, don't spend any money, keep doing what you're doing. If you do have those issues, it's all right, how are you going to solve for it? So if you don't have competitive salaries, nothing we do is going to solve your problem, go fix that problem. If it's an industry that has health insurance as a standard, and you're not offering competitive insurance, go fix that. But then if you look beyond that, it's like, okay, you have those covered, what else are you going to do? And that's where, you know, you try and find the most cost effective place. So we've cover about 17 different industries. It's all U.S. companies with a U.S. presence. So they can have employees globally. We're supporting employees in over 60 countries now, but you have to have a U.S. legal presence for our own tax compliance. Right. Uh, but it's across industries, across sizes. Our biggest customer is about 15,000 people. And so, you know, and our smallest is probably five or six people. So runs the gamut. And it's the same okay. platform. You know, it works regardless of size, which is one of those really nice things. Okay. So, so you you do uh, go to the smaller size as well. Mm -hmm. So when COVID hit and everybody, not everybody, well, we primarily went remote and then a, a good amount of companies, including ourselves have, have stayed remote. Yep. Do you find that uh, Compt is higher in demand because of the lack of company, not maybe not not lack of company culture, but the lack of in-person connection that might naturally happen, whether it's uh, in-person events or happy hours, et cetera, that maybe now Compt is subsidizing some of those things. We did see huge growth through COVID. We were almost. 500% in 2021. So massive, massive growth. It's less about the culture side of it and more about COVID laid bare what already wasn't working. So it forced a, a step change in companies recognizing how on fire this was and forcing them to adjust for that. 
On top of that, you had things like now, I mean, we're fully remote and we weren't before COVID, uh, you know, the need for new hire stipends so people can get their desk set up or their chair or whatever. You're not going to drop ship the same desk to everyone's house. That'd be ridiculous. So a lot of new hire stipends. So there's this whole shift over to stipend management through COVID that was kind of, you know, forced by COVID. What we're seeing is that companies have leveraged that for like the remote things, but then also for some of the, you know, team recognition, you know, peer-to-peer recognition, which is pretty interesting, which gets very different from in-person. But it was things that were already not working in person got worse with COVID. It wasn't that they were working before and now they suddenly don't work. You know, the gym, the gym on site already had very low utilization, was a very expensive build out. The same 10 people were using it. Like it already was a poor use of cash. Right. So then you mentioned earlier about a 3% utilization. Uh, how, how has comp changed the game and what does that percentage increase to from, from with your customers? So it's increased dramatically. Um, and so there's a few different ways that you can look at it. Those are the individual perks. So if you brought in one student loan forgiveness provider or one fertility benefit, you'd get three to 5% utilization. There's also marketplaces that are out there where it's like, hey, here's 20 companies you could offer your team for wellness things. Those usually get 20 to 30% utilization. So certainly better because there's a little bit more choice, but still relatively low utilization. They're also not usually tax compliant, which is an issue. Um, and the individual perks are almost never tax compliant. Uh, then you move into like the debit card kind of concept. Hey, give everybody what's basically a pre-funded gift card that can be used in places. Those you can probably get 40 to 50% utilization off of them. For us, because we do it entirely different, it's all reimbursement model. It's completely vendor agnostic, no vendors on our platform. For four straight years, we've had 91% employee engagement, which we count as employees, what percentage of employees are using their stipends. So you have to use the stipend to be counted in that number. So off the charts utilization, it's just much, much higher when people have choice and control. And and do you, I guess, point that towards, I guess, the choice and control, like you said, and, and maybe more of the go do what is it that you want, and then we'll reimburse you strategy? That's exactly versus- right pick from this catalog. And if you don't like it, so what? Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's it. We did that quite intentionally for a couple of reasons. One, when you reimbursement strategy is how you also manage the tax side of things. What's taxable, what isn't. IRS requires receipts for things that aren't taxable. Like we're making all of that automated so that it's very easy for companies and they're, you know, not committing tax fraud unknowingly to themselves. The other thing is that when you start looking at the personalization, that's absolutely what drives the, that utilization so high is people being able to have that choice and control of, you know, companies are still creating the sandbox. It's not just a free for all piggy bank. It's, hey, we support wellness. Go do wellness things. Here's some money to use over the next quarter and we'll support you with that. Um, that makes a difference in, in a couple of cool ways. So one, we find that when you remove those constraints of specific vendors, which are usually big national box chain types, people start spending local, which gets really interesting. So local gyms, yoga instructors, you know, coffee shops, things like that. So all that money companies are investing goes into the local communities where people are living, which supports them from the ground up, which has this really interesting economic impact. And you can see that when you start getting to scale. So the company I mentioned that has 15,000 people, their program is over $10 million. That's $10 million in their, they're based in Indianapolis. 
$10 million going into the Indianapolis economy has a very material impact. That's very, very interesting. And so you just see this really kind of virtuous cycle that happens um, where employees are supported, but you're also supporting communities without having to do, you know, extra work on that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I'd love to see that. No, the other piece great. is that we looked at, all right, how many people vendors are people using? Like this was something that, because everybody says, why don't you just build a marketplace? Make it easy. They can choose from the list. I'm like, how many credit card points do I have that I've literally never bought anything for my credit card points? Like this is the challenge with that catalog. So we actually looked at how many vendors people were using. We took a sample of our people and took 8,700 people and watched them for a year. Cause we've got this really high utilization. I was like, how many vendors are they using? Cause if we're going to build a marketplace, it needs to look like that. Guess how many different vendors 8,700 people used in 12 months? A dozen. 27,000. Oh, I was a little off. Other direction. I was thinking per person, but uh... it is. Yeah. So yeah, per person, it was three. So okay. on average, three vendors per person. But so, total across all total. those people. Okay. Yeah. So very long tail of one. So if you want to optimize for, hey, I got to get everybody using this because otherwise it's not an attraction strategy. It's not a retention strategy. The only way to do that is to get personalization. And when you're looking at that, you either you know, you do three things per person. You just, that's not a scalable strategy. You can't do that even in a team of 10. You can't do that. Right. And then the cost to set up some sort of marketplace like that. And then you'd be Nightmare. Off, right by Nightmare. Yeah. Like the, you wouldn't like, know what 27,000 to get, right? Like, it's, and, and nobody's, nobody's going to scroll through 27,000 to find the three that they want. Like, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And so this is the easy button for all of that so that you can make everybody happy. You can still be budget compliant, tax compliant, automate everything so HR and finance are not sitting there going, oh my God, why are you asking me how much money you have left? Like, just go do the things. So make okay. it easy for everyone. So let's talk a little bit about the software side. How does that work um, both for the, the company and uh, the employee? So the way it works is that companies set up stipends and you can have multiple stipends. A lot of times, depending on the budget, you know, we'll, we'll make recommendations based on the data to get them that high utilization and the outcomes that they're trying to drive. So say they had a continuous learning stipend. They may want that to be on their own. It's likely an annual stipend, you know, see everything from a couple hundred dollars a year to, you know, 1500 is usually the range that we see where it's like, use this for books or a class or whatever. Here you go. Um, and then employees can see that the most common stipend is a wellness stipend. Uh, and those, depending on budget size, are usually somewhere between a couple hundred dollars per year to a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a year. It's usually in that same range. Average is around a hundred dollars per employee per month. We find that quarterly stipends get the best utilization and keep employees the happiest. Monthly months go too fast. Don't make me upload things every month. It's just, it's too much. You go longer and they forget about it and it's not really driving that engagement piece. So just enough friction to have employees engaging, um, but allowing them to have, you know, decent sized budgets. So usually between 150 to 300 per quarter. And for that, employees can go spend, depending on the company, sometimes companies go very holistic on wellness. So it could be financial wellness, could be mental health, could be physical wellness, could be family could be professional development sometimes gets included in there for like brain wellness yep. um, and employees go spend where they want upload a receipt and then it's all automated and goes through payroll so it's just very straightforward for both the company and the employee 
Okay. And then from the employer side, because they don't have to worry about who, what vendor they're using, as long as it hits or stays within the amount allocated, everything else from that standpoint is then tax compliant? Yes. And even if the employee submits for something over their budget. So we saw a lot of Pelotons during COVID where, you know, the company may say, hey, here's a couple hundred dollars, but the employee goes and buys a Peloton. They don't get rejected, which is really nice. They're going to get subsidized. So whatever you have left, that's what's going to get applied, which is really cool and very different from most of the card models or the marketplaces where it's like, great, I've got a hundred dollars to use in this marketplace. Everything is sixty seven dollars. I'm leaving money on the table. We want people to maximize this because it's their compensation. They should. So allowing for that, but employees can't go over budget. They have preset categories. The taxation is set. So it's just all automated and easy on the administrative side. And is there some tax benefit to the uh, employer by implementing a wellness strategy like this uh, that, you know, I guess encouraging their uh, employees to remain healthy and and is there anything there or is that kind of more of a... Um, I mean, the, the tax benefit is that they're not committing tax fraud. <laughs> you, put, yeah. you put in this benefit and you don't track it because that is taxable. Yeah. You got a problem. And so the tax benefit is to be complying with tax law. Uh, the other side is it's much more likely to be used. So your team in theory is healthier because they're able to do this in a way that matters to them. So for instance, lots of my prior companies had some sort of gym reimbursement. I am very anti-gym for myself. I just... I hate the gym, but I like hiking. I like walking. I'm outside. Like, I just want to be outside. Being able to get running shoes makes a lot more sense for me. And I'm going to use that versus, oh, great. You reimbursed me for a gym that I'd never go to. That's useless. So allowing employees to drive that means that they're going to do something. They can always find something related to wellness. It's just how they determine wellness is for them. And so you're more likely to get a, a use of a benefit like that. Okay, great. And so your from the employee side, uh, they they have access to the dashboard and they just they know exactly their take a picture, upload it, super easy, like usually 20 to 30 seconds in our software a month. That's it. And does your software integrate with other HR softwares? Uh so that uh what are some of the big ones you know? Like we use Bamboo HR here. Yep. We um, we integrate with Bamboo, you know, with uh Kaleidos, ADP. Now all the all the payroll providers basically because you need to keep team rosters updated who's who's here who's not who's moving right. around you got to manage it through payroll so managing that as well so all the major payroll providers but still on your dashboard as an employee I would go to correct uh, yep it's first. still through us so it's not like the box within a box right. those the way the payroll companies work is until they acquire a company they don't do that so right. Yeah. If you're going to Bamboo, you're going there for a purpose. If you're coming, exactly. to Christ, you're going there for a purpose. Okay. That's exactly Great. right. So where do you see uh, Comp going now for the next five years? Uh, what, what do you envision is the next growth for the company? We've seen a lot of movement in what some folks are calling the deskless space. So you've got folks, everything from nursing to construction to, um, you know, could be retail or, you know, restaurants, very different types of deskless. But in that yeah. space, there's still very low unemployment, 
very high employee turnover and the need to figure out, all right, how do we do this in an even more cost-effective way? Like cost is even more important in those industries because your margins are so much lower as a business. So we've seen a huge amount of movement there. It's an industry that hasn't historically adopted the concept of, you know, lifestyle benefits or employee perks, but they're having to move on that because, you know, saying, hey, we have short-term disability isn't the pull that it was, you know, 20 years ago you got to do something different. So that to me is a huge opportunity and it's a very underserved market uh, that we're really excited about. And we work with, we're already working with some hospitals and some manufacturing firms and seeing where they're getting just absolutely stellar results. And so that to me is really exciting because you can have a very meaningful impact for people that aren't sitting behind a computer all day, every day. And how would you um, help me? uh, What kind of category would you, you know, you, you obviously have, you have salary and compensation, You've got medical health, uh, dental, vision. What category would you put this in as far as a generalization to benefits? And yeah, it, it sort of, but benefits to me also kind of means health insurance. Okay. Um, so it's it's lifestyle benefits is where it's kind of the new category that's sort of forming. Um, okay. Depending on the industry, sometimes employee perks is where it lives. Um, but we're seeing a lot more of the lifestyle benefits because that's where you'll capture the pet insurance, the, you know, the child care, the yeah. student loan forgiveness, all that stuff kind of lives in, in that area. And the, and the world has evolved so much since uh, in the last 20 years, let alone the last couple of years. And so it feels like, and I know you're going to be a little bit uh, biased to this question, but that <laughs> lifetime or lifestyle benefits need to be a part of, it's a mandatory part of the package, not just uh, salary. It's not a nice to have. Yeah. And I am biased, obviously, but I was, I was biased before I started this company because I was seeing like, you're not going to just keep raising salaries. There is an upper limit on that as you're looking at, you know, your business model, health insurance. I I mean, if you don't have it and that's an option, put that in, do not buy our software, do that. That is far more impactful for employees. But if you've got those two set, you have to do something else. So then the question is, all right, if and if you have to hire and retain, if you're having issues with that, right. you got to do something else. So then the question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring in a whole bunch of things that get 3% utilization and cost you a ton of money? Probably not. And they're not tax compliant. And then you have to add headcount to your finance team. And like, it's a mess. Or are you going to go a route that, you know, is trying to do more on the personalization side. And, you know, we're the, we're the only reimbursement platform. There are, you know, you could go to a marketplace or a debit card, depending on the type of company, but you got to do something because otherwise you're not going to compete for talent. Like we're working with farms. We're working with railroad manufacturing, like facilities, like it cuts across industry now where companies are like, we got to do something. And it's typically not really high dollars. This is the smallest part of your compensation, but it's the most impactful when it comes to hiring or retaining. Yeah, I was going to say, because as even though my team is small, they've, uh, as I communicate to them, it's not always salary and uh, medical vision dental that's important to them. They, you nope. know, there's, it's or they assume you have it and you better because right. it's just, yeah, you have it or you don't, it's an on off button. Yeah, that, it's a standard, right? You know, like, right. And then, but then what else can uh, yep. this? And so for us, we're retaining people because of remote, because people yep. that would like to stay that route as people continue yep. to go back to the office, there's just so much. Uh, yep. Flexibility is big. Yeah, mm-hmm. a huge benefit, right? And then on top of the 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 remote is the flexibility within the time frame of working. Yep. 
as long as you communicate, yeah. then then we're all happy. Um, yep. But then the next step is that lifestyle benefits to is, is which gets into your retainment of yep. what you're talking about. Not only value and showing that you care and you actually you know want these people to be happy, but then also giving them the tools to to right. do it. And I would agree with your order there as well, by the way, like I think flexibility should come ahead of this as well. Like thinking about what that means for your organization, for your culture and how you structure that, I think is far more important than, you know, spending a couple thousand dollars per year per employee on these types of benefits. For instance, if you said, hey, everybody has to be back in the office and your people are scattered and now they're like, what am I supposed to do? It doesn't matter if you put our software in place, you're going to have employee churn. And so it's, solving for that. I personally, I was not a fully remote fan. I did not want to build a fully remote company. It was a stated thing. When I started this company, I'm like, no fully remote nightmare. What a don't want to do it. COVID forced it. And now I'm very glad it did because it's so much better. Honestly, like I'm so much more productive. My team can now, I can get amazing talent all over the U S I, you know, we're all more productive, more efficient and able to, like manage our own lives in a different way where you're not, you don't have all this time suckage and commuting where it's like, why did I spend so many hours a day commuting? What a waste of my life. Like, no, not doing it. So I'm a big fan of the remote thing. I think it works better for a lot of different types of people. Um, So where companies want to be competitive, I think that's a big one. Yeah. And I also on that kind of note, I also find that you know, I'm a little bit biased on the remote thing as well, but you have intentional meetings and yes. you might wait till that 3 p.m. meeting instead yes. of saying, oh, hey, can we talk about that? And yes. then you might have taken 20 minutes, but that could have been accomplished uh, when everybody was yep. focused at, at three o'clock. That's exactly right. And, and I think it's, I think hybrid is the hardest version of all of this, by the way, like either in office or remote. And I, there's no data yet. And I'm certainly not the expert on this, but I think the not in, not out thing is so, I don't know how people mentally manage it, honestly. Like I need to be, if we're all remote, then we are very intentional about those meetings. And then we use Slack for the ongoing conversations, which are fine. Um, But it does create a lot more intentionality um, and just makes us be more mindful of each other's time as well. And I love that. Uh, we we use an Asana internally yep. and then Google Chat. And, and Asana has this nice feature, which I'm sure all project management does as well. But you can just drop a, a, a video as well. So yeah. you want to give more context. Maybe you drop a one or two minute video. Right. That then, yes, it's a one way conversation, but it allows you to then, uh, you know, provide emotion or provide a little bit more context right. to do in written. So, so there's you're also not using that. Slack. This is uh, shocking to me. We're not using Slack? I know it's a question. Oh, no, we're not. I mean, I use it with some of our clients and stuff, but we do we do everything through uh, uh, Google. So we're staying. I mean, we're a Google shop too, but I cannot imagine life without Slack. It's <laughs> so much better than Google chat. And I love Google, but no, no comparison. No, I've, I've been using it more and I've used it plenty in the past, um, but my team has been a little bit reluctant to bring in, Interesting. Bring it on, bring it on another platform. So Asana. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Especially if you're using Asana. We don't, I, we've got some pockets using Asana, but it's not widespread across. I get that. It's more the like, you can do like these little huddles. I sound like I'm selling Slack, but you can do <laughs> huddles and like, you can have quick conversations where you get that water cooler chat. That's just amazing. And like, yeah. where it's like, okay, enough with the chatter online. Like, let's just do a quick chat instead of having to set up a zoom link and all of that stuff. Like, I don't know, but 
I sound like a salesperson. I should get yeah, a mission. No. I don't know. I'll go. We can get back on topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think all of this kind of to circle it back, you know, all of these things are benefits and reasons and, and these lifestyle benefits. And we have played around with a little bit, but I would say we haven't been serious enough about it. So yeah. we have like a stipend, but it's just an open-ended thing. And and I find that people don't actually utilize it. And so we're having Correct. to remind them. Correct. And and it's just kind of like, you know, from the from my standpoint, I'm like, do I remind them? I'm like, but right. But then but if they're not know, using it, it's not part of your real strategy. Like but then it's not working, so, right? Like yeah. and so then it's kind of like, hey, each quarter, you know, our company culture director is always saying, Hey, make sure you put that in, make sure you yep. use it. And but it seems very um, you know, where I where I assume Compt would then then uh provide that with the dashboard the communication the ability exactly it's automated to where people just know it's yeah. also the if you're are you managing it in like expense reports and spreadsheets and stuff like that is that how you're yeah, managing it's, your stipend it's now? pretty basic yeah. yeah yep like with that what i i tried doing it with expensify for instance like in prior company before starting this because i was like oh it's an expense report basically at its core yeah. like it's receipts and whatever one the taxation what a mess like you have to know each individual thing the taxability what you're supposed to tax and not so that did not work at all but the other piece was i'd get employees where it was like okay you've got a couple hundred bucks this quarter for your stipend six weeks in they'd come back and be like well how much do i have left and then i'd be crawling through expense reports doing math and i was like mm-mm, mm-mm, this doesn't scale this is a problem. Like I'm not doing this. And so I was like, some people just need to know, and they need to be able to track that without them having to do their own math, because then what if they do it wrong and then they go over and how do we make sure they're not over budget and like all the things. And so I was like, all right, well, I, I need software for this. Cool. So as you enter, or uh, you're already in there, but as you grow into the desolate space that, or industries, that seems pretty interesting. I think you're right. Cause yeah. it, this is, somewhat newer but still not new to the yeah. environment but it is fairly going to be newer to like these extra lifestyle benefits that people I mean it's very shiny and new in that space which is very exciting it's going to be a very competitive benefit in that space because they've never had anything so you can make a big splash with not too much money but you also haven't made the mess that every tech company has made by putting in 8,000 perks that nobody really wants, but you can't get rid of because there's going to be somebody who gives you a bad glass door review if you take away the one thing that they loved. So the industry hasn't made the mess that we made on the tech side because it just kind of happened organically. So there's there's a lot of opportunity over there. I'm excited for it. And there's a lot of individuals over there too. There are a lot of people. And that's exciting to me too. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I love that this can help make more inclusive environments where, you know, family means different things to different people. People are at different stages of life. You may be 22 and have no kids. You still have a family. It just looks different from, you know, somebody who has a couple of kids or is of a certain age or whatever. So it creates more inclusivity. When you move into the deskless space, you obviously have those same things, but now you just have a different environment as well. Like maybe what they need is, you know, some sort of chiropractic work because, you know, they, they, you know, need some help after, you know, a long day on a construction site or something, or like just helping people in a different way, but allowing them to make those choices. Like that to me is so important. I don't want to be deciding what somebody's mental health plan should be. I'm not qualified for that. Let them work with their professionals and say, all right, yes, it is a meditation app, or maybe instead it's, you know, aromatherapy or like whatever it is. 
And so allowing people to be treated, but like grownups, I'm all for it. And as technology continues to make it out into the field with right. uh, tablets and I mean, the desk. Everybody's got a smartphone. Yeah. Like it's not like people who aren't on the desk side are sitting there like just going, I don't, I don't know. Like they're all very technically savvy people. They just don't have a laptop for work. And yeah. so it's just, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You're right. I mean, everybody's got a computer in their hands and, exactly. and it's all integrated and part of their lifestyle. Yep. yep. That's exactly right. And it's all personalized. Every app on your phone is personalized to your preferences. Yep. And so it, it makes it pretty straightforward. Great. Well, my final question, uh, this is the Future Driven Podcast. So what, Amy, will you be driving in the future? I'd be driving in the future. Well, as long as, you know, we're, we're hoping to just continue to support more and more employees. Like to me, it's all about that building inclusive and diverse environments for employees, making it possible for more employees to be able to join companies um, and be in comfortable environments. That to me is the important thing here. Like, I think this is an actual tool HR can use to build a more inclusive environment versus just shoot. We got to look at hiring strategies and things like that. Of course need to do that, but this is a, a tangible tool. That's not just a policy change. Can you share the number of uh, employees that you impact worldwide? Oh, uh, right now, ooh, we have like two really big customers in process that are onboarding. I don't want to quote that number because I'm going to be <laughs> dramatically off on that one. What I can tell you is that we're supporting companies in all 50 states and in 60 countries. Perfect. Great. Amy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh, looking forward to, I think you might have acquired a new customer today and uh, looking <laughs> forward to uh, seeing the growth of the comps. So thanks again for coming thanks on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.